you're listening to Soundwise Podcast, a show hosted by Alex in Serbia and Vlada in Poland. Each week we cover a different artist or band and engage in an open and spontaneous debate and discussion about specific parts of their discographies. Our goal is to expand our musical horizons and cover a great range of artists and styles. Find us on Patreon, patreon.com slash soundwisepod and social media at soundwisepod. Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of Soundrise Podcast. So today we're going to talk about a very interesting and unique act. Alexander, how are you doing? Hi Vlada, doing great, but I guess that you're doing better than me at the moment of, of recording this episode. It's Vlada's birthday, so dear listeners, we always thank you for... Um, being with us and for supporting us but now uh join me in wishing him a very happy birthday thank you so much alexander so today i'm finally facing my own mortality because i'm 36 so slowly coming to middle-aged to being middle-aged not the best thing in the world but i'll survive Okay, so, uh, Alexander, what can you tell us about today's band, Tame Impala from Australia? Sure, Vlad, okay. So, this band, as you said, is an Aussie band formed in 2007 by Kevin Parker. This is actually a one-man project, and this act, or this project, should, should we say, emerged in 2007 as a home recording project where Kevin posted a number of his solo tracks on MySpace, the infamous social media website that I don't think is popular that much anymore. Um, Kevin had previously been in numerous bands uh, that were part of the Perth music scene, but he also decided to do his his own stuff, which is obviously Tame Impala. And all of his solo work uh, under Tame Impala brought interest from a number of labels and a number of labels, a number, sorry, of record labels from around the world. And then he signed a worldwide deal with independent modular recordings in 2008. And in the same year, he also did some tours where he supported famous acts such as the Black Keys and MGMT, to name a few. Um, in 2009, he released the fir- his or their uh, first single called Sundown Syndrome in 2009, as I said. And the following year, 2010, he also appeared on the Big Day Out Festival the famous Australian-slash-New Zealand festival where he supported, well, not supported, but performed alongside bands such as Muse and Rise Against. Um, This act has released four studio albums so far, and all of them received numerous awards, both Australian and international awards. And his second release, called... Lonerism, which we're not going to talk about today, 
received in 2014 a Grammy Award nomination for Best Alternative Music Album. Uh, Kevin Parker, the leader of this project, is heavily influenced by the late 60s and early 70s psychedelic rock, which we can hear in some of his work, but he also stated some pretty different influences, such as shoegaze, because he likes those loud, distorted guitar riffs with ethereal sounds. And finally, he also stated that he's a huge fan of, quote, extremely sugary pop music, such as Britney Spears and Kylie Minogue. So that's... A, oh, wow. That, that's kind of surprising. Yes, that's very surprising. But uh, I, I guess that our listeners, I guess we have some Tame Impala fans, I guess they know and they're aware of this um, interesting mix. Um, finally, what I, what I want to say about uh, about this act is that th there's one fun um, fun fact about Kevin Parker. In October 2018, he appeared on Saturday, uh, Saturday Night Live and played bass for the rapper Travis Scott. And along with the along with them uh, was John Mayer also being part of that band. So today we're gonna talk about three of their four albums, and we're gonna start with their debut album, released in 2010, called Inner Speaker. So Vlada, what did you think of Kevin Parker's debut album with Tame Impala? All right. First of all, I want to say that's a rather impressive resume. I didn't really know much about this guy. I just knew that he's the mastermind behind this whole project. Um, and to be frank, I wasn't really familiar with Tame Impala's music before this. I heard of them here and there. I remember at one point, I think when Currents came out, they were quite big. There was a lot of talk about them in the music press. A lot of hype. So it's nice to actually get to finally listen to this stuff and see how much of it is justified. So the first one, Inner Speaker, I have to say, is the one I really enjoyed. Uh, first of all, I love the whole atmosphere of this record. It's very similar to the 60s, uh, prime 60s psychedelia mainly the Beatles. What it really reminds me of is the stuff that the Beatles did on Magical Mystery Tour and, of course, Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. Uh, like, I was joking about it with my girlfriend. I said, oh, they used George Harrison's Blue Jay Way as a template here. And really, uh, songs kind of have a similar atmosphere like that track. Uh, what's really impressive about it, though, is how well the bass lines sound. Like, I love the bass on this record. It's just very Paul McCartney-esque, so to say. And then the, the whole thing is like a modernized, uh, and let's say an update of the Beatles sound circa 67, right? 1967. And that's what I liked about it. Um... To be frank, I feel like this is the kind of record that needs to grow on you a bit. And I think the main reason why it's that way is because 
the band tends to use the same effects on almost every track. So it's like the, the vocals sound kind of similar. And at, at one point, everything kind of blends together. And this is something that's characteristic for this band on other releases as well. And I find that to be a bit problematic. But on the upside, the quality of the musicianship is great. Certain songs are uh, awesome, especially the opening track. It's not meant to be. It's like you're immediately transferred back to uh, 1967. But it's not like they're aping somebody. They really sound like their own band. You know, that's, that's very difficult to pull off. Combining all these influences, the Beatles, for example, but doing it in your own way. Uh, another track that I really enjoyed was Bold Arrow of Time, because it's a very uh, Hendry-esque kind of jam, but very, very stoner-like. I love the guitar work there. So that's the track where, band, the, where the band shows that they can do different things, that they are capable of, of changing their sound. But then I feel that they don't do it often enough. So that's my main gripe. Uh, how about you, Alexander? I agree with you almost 100%. The only disagreement is that this album sounded brilliant right from the get-go in my eyes. And I really liked it right from the first two or three tracks. Uh, I adore the 60s Testament. Um, this is this is the album this is the kind of album that I really crave crave for, so to say. There are some fantastic tracks here, like Jeremy Storm, which is an instrumental track. Um, it features a stormy bass and also stormy guitar. It's fantastic. And I also have to mention, even though this is a this is a solo project, when it comes to tours, Kevin Parker has his own team, which uh, which consists of Dominic Simper, Jay Watson. Cam Avery and Julian Barbagallo and the instruments that they use are guitars, bass, drums and synthesizer. So they have their own team and I think that they did a fantastic job here. Um, what can I say? I always like the 60s uh, influences and mentions uh, like, like we had with Fleetwood Mac, you know, 1969 and the late 60s in general. Just fantastic. I also agree about the bass here. Really nice uh, bass lines. So I agree with you, Vlad. I, I definitely like this album. Uh, and to be fair, I kind of wish that they carried on doing this this stuff. They yeah, took yeah I, I agree with you on, on that one. Actually, I'm not sure I fully agree, but I found this style to be much more appealing, at least to me, than the rest of their material. However, I also really appreciate when bands try to do something new. So uh, from that point of view, I think uh, they were smart enough to try something new on the subsequent records. But yeah, I, I do agree that this record starts off really well. I, I, I do get a bit lost in it. That's why I said that I, I kind of feel that they repeat themselves a bit at times but there's a lot of talent here and a lot of interesting arrangements a small 
instrumental sections. They even have like like have false endings where they end the song and then they add something to it, like a small instrumental jam. Oh, I love that. Yeah, so that was really cool stuff. So, Alexander, what are your favorite tracks? Any favorite track? Yes, uh, before I give you my favorite tracks and our infamously tentative ratings, I have to praise the album cover. It kind of reminds me of the 60s, so well done on that. Um, when it comes to songs here, hmm, as I said, I like the instrumental, Jeremy Storm. Uh, the whole album is, is, is very good, but if I had to pick one, I would pick the second track, Desire B, Desire Go. What about you, Vlada? Mm, tough one, but I think uh, Bold Arrow Time. I really enjoy that one. Even though I think that when I revisit this record, that might change. Because I like some other stuff too. Yeah, Jeremy Storm was a good track. Uh, the first track, it's not meant to be the opening track. Excellent stuff. Immediately takes you back to this Beatles sound from the, the famous Beatles period when they released what many people consider arguably their best material, Sgt. Pepper's uh, Lonely Hearts Club Band and Magical Mystery Tour. So if you like those records, you might find a lot to like here. But be prepared for a more modern, updated sound. Yes, we always appreciate when bands have that ability to change their sound and to experiment and we'll, we will definitely see that uh, with the rest of the albums that we're going to talk about today. Uh, when it comes to ratings, um, Inner Speaker is a well-deserved 8.5 for me and no doubt about it, um, I will definitely go back to this album. Back to you, Vlada. Uh, my rating would be 7.5, so a really good record. It does have a potential to grow on me, but right now my feeling is that it deserves 7.5, which means that I recommend it. I think it's it's a record that you might want to check out, especially if you like the, the sound that we just described for you, this kind of neo-60s psychedelia, if that's your cup of tea, and if you like bands that are really invested in creating sonic landscapes, so to say, you may want to check out this record. All right, so moving on now to the record called Currents. So we're skipping Lonerism, and we're jumping straight to Currents, uh, released in 2015. A different approach, a different sound. As you said, Vlad, it was big uh, in the year when it was released. It features their... Um, super big song we all know and I think that's my first Tame Impala song ever the less know the less I know the better so Vlada were you around in certain venues or clubs when this album was all the rage hmm, quite possibly but to be honest I can't recall hearing it specifically uh, what I think is okay so here they really change the sound so this is not this kind of neo 60s stuff anymore sure you can hear elements of that too but here they sound more like the stuff that you hear if you go 
you know, to an indie disco, so to say. <laughs> this kind of uh, very yeah. uh, groovy music, dance music in a way, drenched in melancholia with these echoey vocals. Um, uh, uh, there's a lot of bands that kind of sound like this, I think. Especially, I, I remember... A few years back, well, not a few years back, it was more like 10 years ago, I went to Sweden and I went to a, a club in Stockholm. Uh, and it was a, a, an indie rock club, an indie pop indie rock club, which was a really cool place. You know, like typical hipster place. They had uh, some kind of old film uh, projected on the wall. And there's, there was a lot of music that at that time was very much unknown to me. And a, a lot of it was very pleasant to listen to, especially in that setting. You know, at night, there was this kind of melancholia to it. Um, this type sounds, of... Uh, right. Yeah, this type of very soothing, pleasant vocals. And I really enjoyed that. And, and this is what currents remind me of the most. Now, that can be both a good thing and a bad thing, and I'll explain this. Uh, first of all, when this record starts, you're immediately awash in, in these tantalizing sounds, atmospheric sounds. It's so good. Th that first track, Let It Happen, it's such a great opener, especially the arrangement at some point. So you have this stream of, of synth sounds and atmospheric sounds, and then they kind of slow down in this... I, I, it's very hard to, to, to express. Like it, it slows down and it pulls you with it, you know? And, and then he starts singing, and it's very a very beautiful, emotionally resonant song. So th those moments I really appreciate. And, and those moments might even top the best moments of uh, in Inner Speaker, right? But eventually, as one of the titles of the songs is here, eventually, uh, it, again, it becomes too uniform. And this is the same thing that was the problem with the previous record. Now... Some of you may think I'm a bit of a hypocrite because I said that sometimes I really enjoy when a record has this unifying sound when you can immediately tell that the song is from a particular record. But here the it consistency, just... right? Yeah, but here it doesn't quite work so well, at least for me, because it just feels more of the same until something hits you. You know, there's a moment, a nice instrumental passage or something like that that hits you. Uh, but a lot of enjoyable tracks here. The less I know, the better. Uh, eventually, which I already mentioned. Uh, very good track. I, I really enjoy that one. Especially like the lyrics at times, which are very introspective. I like that about Kevin Parker's lyrics. Um, but overall, I think a really well-crafted record. Very hypnotic. Uh, that opening track just blows me away. The second time I listened to it, it almost gave me chills. The rest of the record is, is not 
it's, it's not much worse than this. So it's very much consistent throughout. But sometimes it feels like I can't really take it all in at once because it sounds too uniform. How about you, Alexander? What do you think? Um, totally agree with you when it comes to your comments about indie clubs and parties. I think this album is just perfect for that kind of events. Uh, however, overall, I don't, I, I didn't really enjoy this record. I mean, the first track, "Let It Happen," is mind-blowing. It's it's just magnificent and absolutely my standout track. But the rest of the album is kind of inconsistent because you have like three or four songs that are kind of in the middle and lukewarm. Then you have the less I know the better, which is a very cool sexy song with with a great bass line. Again, we're we're praising the bass here. Well done on that. But after that, again, you get some repetition, some songs that kind of sound the same. So if I were to choose a party music or, or uh, I don't know, a gig music, an indie gig music, I would definitely go with this album. But that doesn't mean that this is something that I would, um, you know, enjoy that much, so to say. So, Vlada, do we again have the same standard track here, which is Let It Happen? But Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's the standout track here. Uh, there are some other good tunes, but to be honest, it's so uniform that at times it gets difficult for me to think of particular songs, you know. Uh, I don't know if that changes after you spend more time with the record, but it just doesn't have enough immediacy for me. It's not immediate enough. It has... Uh, I don't know. That's the thing that really bugs me about this band because if you listen to a couple of songs, you tend to really enjoy them. But if you try to listen to the whole thing, the whole record, it just gets boring after a while. So even those songs that might stand out may just blend into everything else. And and totally, yet, yeah. as is previously said, not to contradict myself, I, I think all of this material is good. But... As you said, none of the other tracks do not do not quite have the same impact as the the opening they track. They don't possess that that same punch, you know, like certain tracks. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, a very good record, but somewhat underwhelming. Um, so let's get to ratings. Uh, my rating for this one would be. Oof, it's a tough one, but I think I think it would be more like a hard one. I don't want to be too cruel, <laughs> so but maybe a 7, uh, even though I'm kind of split between 6.5 and 7. So not as good as the previous one, not because of the lack of skills. The band is very much trying to move forward which is very commendable but i think that overall it's not as satisfying except the the opening track that's absolutely great okay fair enough uh, i'm kind of torn between six and 6.5 so let's go with 6.5 
the standard track is obviously let it happen and now we're moving to their latest release from 2020 and it was released on Valentine's Day 14 February 14th called the slow rush okay so this album was to be fair it was disappointing um, I don't know the whole album just sounded like beach music um, I didn't enjoy it like the first couple of tracks were okay listenable to, to a certain degree but uh, halfway through the album I just got really bored and I just wanted to find something else to do because there wasn't much to hear on this from this record um, it, like the first track the opening track you know with the previous two records we had great opening tracks in, th in, in this case uh, the opening tracks the opening track story just sounds like a sped up chill out song what do you think Lada? I absolutely agree with you actually not the words that I like saying very often but I do agree with you here I think that again just like the previous record things get too uniform and you get bored so easily I actually had a difficulty finishing this album I, I had to listen to it in two sittings which I felt made it sound a bit better especially near the end I kind of enjoyed some of the tracks near the end is it true it might be time I really like those tracks um, again I, I kind of want to emphasize some positives here what I really like about the band is when they just go into some random instrumental passages especially when they have these fake endings and then they restart the song. Uh, I love some of the keyboard work here. I'm trying to... Yeah, I think uh, Posthumous Forgiveness had a really nice keyboard part. Uh, so I, I really admire their talent. Like, uh, the guy obviously knows what he's doing in terms of arranging things. Uh, a lot of sounds are so expertly put together. But... All of that doesn't matter if your record sounds too uniform, if there's no spark, if there's no excitement, if you don't put everything you've got into it, you know, um, it's just too mellow. And yeah. mellow is not bad necessarily, but you just get lost in this. I don't know. Uh, to be fair, I mean, I've even, I am even struggling to find positives here. Like you can say that certain traces are okay here and those sudden changes, you know, when they insert uh, an instrumental, you know, that's cool. But overall, you know, from start to finish, I don't know, it's, it sounds like beach music, to be honest. I, I think you're a bit too cruel, even though I kind of agree with you on a lot of points you made. I think uh, there was one song, you see, now I have difficulties remembering which song is which, because it's too similar. Um, let me take a look. But there was one song where he had particularly soulful vocals, which I really enjoyed. Uh, he has a lot of talent for that kind of uh, soulful music mixed with uh, electronics. 
But again, I also don't understand this need to have this same vocal effect on every track. It's like a trademark for this band. And, you know, it, it just doesn't cut it for me. It's, it's, it's something that we've heard so many times with other bands. And somehow this is very prominent with all these pop rock indie bands. Like, they always want this kind of... Uh, atmospheric effects that sound melancholy. It's uh, like a continuation of shoegaze from the 90s. Uh, maybe, yeah, I guess. Uh, just, uh, it's so overdone. It's so overdone. Uh, it's, it kind of disappoints me knowing that this band is capable of inner speaker and that there are some really amazing moments on Currents. And even on this record, you can hear traces of how great they could be but the approach is just wrong i think um, maybe it's harsh to say that because i'm of course looking at this from my own perspective and from the perspective of the music i'm more accustomed to but overall this is disappointing and yet it also has moments where you go hmm i'm starting to enjoy this you know i i, I could Get into it. Be and that hype ends in like two minutes. <laughs> I don't know. I I, I don't want to speak too soon because I feel perhaps I would discover new things with repeated listenings. But the first impression is not that great. Um, especially after the previous two records, I feel like they're just... Oh, they are on a downward spiral, and uh, yes. th that's just the overall impression. Another impression is that it's a very talented musician who might need uh, some kind of assistance, you know, a good yeah, producer let's, let's to work not with. Forget that he comes up with all the lyrics, with all the riffs. He just has those guys touring with him, but this is basically um, coming from his own head right yeah and um, i know this guy is obviously super talented so i urge you listeners that if you're not familiar with this band give them a chance now based on our reviews you can hopefully tell which record would suit you the best um if you're into more organic stuff uh, 60s psychedelia then go with inner speaker if you like this kind of indie dance pop atmosphere with some soulful and, and funky parts, uh, but drenched in reverb, then you may want to try Currents and the Slow Rush. I'm really now curious to to know how uh, Lonerism sounds, you know, because it was the follow-up of Inner Speaker. So I really, I really wonder if it had some traces of that 60s influence. Um, so I, I will give that one a listen. Um, I finally, I have finally found a positive about the Slow Rush, and that is the album cover. It's kind of cool, nothing special, but it it looks nice. And there is a pattern. Oh, I think it's awesome. This album cover is all kinds of awesome. Uh, I love the colors, the sand, this red red hue. I love the way. 
the name of the record and the name of the band are positioned. It's like an absolutely great album cover. It's a shame the music is not at least a bit more appealing. Yeah, and that's the pattern that I that I wanted to mention. They always put the band name in the top left corner and the album name uh, in the top right corner. So that's cool. That's kind of, kind of unusual to see. Okay, Vlada, so the most difficult part of this episode is picking the favorite tracks and giving our ratings. To be honest, I don't have any standout tracks here. I don't want to lie to our listeners. I just, I don't know, I, I can't really remember anything that stood out. Uh, but when it comes to uh, our ratings, hmm. so I don't want to be too harsh, um, especially because today is a good day for, for our friend Vlada. But I have to be at the same time totally honest with you. And my rating is 4 out of 10. Wow, you finally gave a really low rating. I'm very proud of you. You you finally matured as a music reviewer. Open the champagne. Yes. So, dear listeners, this is a historical moment here. Alexander finally found it in his heart to give a really bad rating. And I will be a bit nicer. And I'll give this record a rating of 5.5. So it still has some redeeming qualities. And I think, I, I honestly think this has some potential to grow on me, but I'm not sure I'm eager to revisit it. That's the thing. So if you're fans of this band, please let me know why I should revisit, what I got wrong. I, I'd love to hear it from you. Okay, so 5.5 and the favorite track, um, I think, is it true? I think was the one I liked the most, even though it's kind of hard to tell. It might be time was nice too, and uh, some really cool parts here and there. But everything just blends together, so it's so hard to think about individual songs. Do you have the same problem with this band? Um, yes, I had that problem um, with with currents, but not that much as with the slow rush like the slow rush i don't know i can't really think of many tracks think uh, i i would <laughs> probably uh consider it to be an ep because you have maybe three or four tracks that sound different and the rest of it is just some boring continuation <laughs> sorry sorry guys for being so harsh by the way yeah you know the hard part about doing this is you know, talking about music is very subjective and what somebody might find boring, somebody else might find absolutely thrilling and emotionally resonant. So, uh, and it's hard to give a bad rating or speak negatively about something where you can tell that a lot of effort went into it, that there's a lot of talent involved in, in the making of, of that record, you know. So... I just find it extremely difficult to give ratings to such records that I don't like, but I can recognize that the artist in question is very talented and that the, the artist put his heart and soul into the project. 
And just because I don't feel it, it doesn't mean somebody else won't. So I just you want to point that out. What disappoints me the most here? You know what kind of lets me down with this band? Uh, all these ratings and uh, rants aside, I was really, really excited when I heard Inner Speaker. You know, before actually uh, deciding to do this band, uh, the only song that I knew was uh, The Less I Know The Better. And I was kind of positive about it. You know, it's a cool song. It has that sweet ba bass line. And when I heard Inner Speaker, I was really ex excited and thrilled and thrilled. And I was kind of expecting a lot to hear. But then you just come, you just come and, and visit certain albums that, you know, kind of let you down. You know, and the, the Slow Rush, this latest release of theirs, is kind of the crown, you know. The, the the top of the whole disappointment thing so maybe that's why I'm being a bit harsh Lada. I mean that's fine we, we're usually harsh when we don't like something I just wanted to point out the fact that uh, just because we give low ratings and we have a negative view of a certain record it doesn't mean we are not capable of recognizing the talent that went into it because out there there's a lot of music that's actually really bad. That's pure trash. So, you know, if our scale is from 0 to 10, this kind of music is below 0, if you know what I mean. So we're talking about the music that is actually worth listening to in, in these episodes. And if we don't like it, fine. Like, I'm, I wasn't very fond of corn, for example. But I can tell that Korn have some talent, you know, and that they're capable of making good music and that they mean a lot to a lot of people for a good reason. So that's why they're worthy of being included in this podcast because we want to talk about the music that means something to people, right? Yes, artists that have actual fan bases, that have people who buy their records, you know, not those commercial acts that release like one song become uh, super popular and, and, then, and then just fade away. I don't think that's the case with Tame Impala or Corn. Uh, so that's that's a redeeming factor, I guess. Yeah, for sure. All right. So with this, we're going to wrap up this episode. Uh, thank you guys for listening. Uh, Alexander... Any final words? Yes, so I had certain expectations about this band. Um, Inner Speaker raised, or raised uh, those expe expectations rapidly, but it all kind of fell down after, after the slow rush. Uh, overall, I think it's a nice band. It has a lot of talent, as, as Vlada pointed out. Uh, I will stick with the 60s and 70s influence stuff, which I think are maybe overlooked nowadays and reserved for 60s enthusiasts like Vlada and me. Uh, doesn't matter if you're old or young, you just, if you appreciate that period, which is arguably one of the best periods when it comes to 
popular music. So, dear listeners, please tell us if this is the type of music that you really like. Is this something that you would uh, attend live or just uh, play in the background? Uh, as always, thanks to our Patreons and all, all of our listeners from all around the world. Uh, shout out to our Aussie listeners that enjoyed our NXS episode. I hope that you will enjoy this one as well. Check out our social media accounts, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And don't forget to stay tuned for some interesting bonus content in the near future. Okay. And also, shout out to our new partner, Frank, from FRC Audio Editing. He edited our Fleetwood Mac episode. He did a great job. So, guys, if you, if you have your own podcast and you are looking to find affordable editing, go over, check out his Instagram page, and uh, send him a message. We are now giving the microphone to our friends at PowerRap Day. Till the next week, stay safe. And all the best. Write a review and then you can share it. With the world. In any social media platform. And then your friends see it and you can share and discover new shows together. This is Steph, instigator of Pod Rev Day, Podcast Review Day. And I'm Andy from Inspired Money. And I'm Arielle of Earbuds Podcast Collective and Castbox. We're here to tell you everything you need to know about Pod Rev Day. Which is on the eighth of every month, of every year, of every century, of every you get it. We are posting podcast reviews as part of hashtag Pod Rev Day Podcast Review Day. Because podcasters work their butts off and deserve to know how much they've impacted your lives. And you can do that through reviews. Even one star feels surprisingly <laughs> good. Does it? It lets you know that people are at least listening. Don't be a passive podcast listener. Write a review and tell your favorite creator what you love about their podcast or about a specific episode. And to participate, you just need to do one review. And we'll see you every eighth of the month. Pod Rev Day. Because podcasters deserve to hear it. Hashtag Pod Rev Day. P-O-D-R-E-V-D-A-Y.